could swallow it. And it all dissolves, see? And the moonbeams that shoot out of your fingers and your toes and the ends of your hair. Like, ride with me if you ride with me, you can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the five stick, you can get high with me, that's a deal, right? Ride with me if you ride with me, you can slide with me if you feel like 550 on the five stick, you can get high with me, that's a deal. Another week, another link up, and today we've got a special guest for you, Tabi professional golfer on the sunshine tour and the usual guys lita and moipi actually can't get rid of them because i've gotten such great feedback um, from our audience that say they apparently love them but in this episode we go into arsenal where tubby defends his beloved team we speak more about his golfing career and where he started we go into the kneeling debacle involving the F1 and diversity in sport. And we finish off with COVID-19 and the perception of athletes living in their own bubble. But I want to start off with our special guest, Tabby. How are you, how are you doing? What up? Yo, I'm good in you. Good, good, man. And the boys, Lita, Moipi, how are you guys doing? Lita? All good, all good, Brian. Uh, glad to be back. Um, I'm very happy to hear about the positive reviews. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man of the people, Red Devil. Oh man, uh, it's Moipi here. Red Devil, man of the people. <laughs> Need to love. Ugh. Uh, we got my man, Tommy Tough Dex. What up? Man of the fairways. Defeater of the greens. Birdie putt boy. What it do, man? I'm doing well. I'm glad to hear we're getting good reviews because I think this is top tier content with just real views. Yeah, man. And we got called out, so I'm going to play the voice notes that the streets were calling out the staff. So have a listen and we get started. Brian, put me on your fucking podcast right now. Come outside. Come outside, Brian. Come the fuck outside. Okay, we're going to start off with uh, the first topic of discussion which is involving our special guest, Tabi, and that is Arsenal. Some harsh words were said on the last episode from Elita and Moipi calling um, 
Arsenal, the private school of football clubs, if I remember correctly. And we went in on Arteta pretty hard. So we've got Tabi um, to join us today. And we want to hear his defense and what he thinks about Arsenal and Arteta. So from the beginning of the season, you had Emery. He didn't rate Ozil. Emery left. You had Lewenberg, who was a disaster. And then you got in Arteta, Mourinho, uh, not Mourinho, Guardiola's prodigal son. And I uh, what you guys are now, seventh, eighth. Yeah, Ozil right. still not. Um, yeah, they are. Please don't start. Don't start. <laughs> <laughs> Ozil's not in the picture. So, in your opinion, um, what do you? How do you rate Arsenal's season so far? Let's start off there. Well, obviously not ideal. Um, you know, I think it's the first time probably in our history having three managers in one season because that's not the kind of club we are. Um, so I think we've lost that structure with um, what we wanted to really achieve. Um, but I do feel I do feel that Arteta's um, he's he's learning obviously because it's his first time at the helm, but. At the same time, I think there's a lot of positive signs um, to come from Arsenal and Arteta, um, as shown in the past few games. Yeah, I mean, he's or well, as Lita said, he seems to be a really good coach, and it was a really good performance against Wolves. I mean, that kind of shut us all up. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> made us look really stupid, but. Uh, JP, do you stand? Do you still stand behind your remarks about Arsenal and them being a private school? Um, one hundred percent. It wasn't said out of ill will, as it was. Uh, like I feel like I don't want to say reporter wrong, but how it was received rather. Um, you're not. I, you're I, not making any sense. I I don't I don't. What I mean is that uh, it, it was taken as disrespect. It was taken as uh, a shot at Arsenal. But I don't think anyone could uh, raise an argument against what I said. And Arteta, Tabi, I, I, I was listening to Tabi's opening remarks about um, Arteta's a new coach, learning on the job. We'll see what he does. We we have no proof that he's a good coach at all. Um, he has to prove it now. Fortunately, is the opportunity to show us, and our eyes are open. We are all ears open. We're, we're welcoming to see what he can do with this with, with this squad of players that I don't think are committed to the project. That's that's where my whole uh, sentiment came from. Can, can um, I ask a question? Yes, sir. Um, so, what was your take on the Wolves' performance? A team that was the only unbeaten team um, after City lost. Um, to Chelsea. So what what's my take on you guys beating Wolves basically? Yeah, what did you think of the game and how Arsenal played and yeah. I think Arsenal um in the season, even when when they beat us pretty convincingly in December, um they they, they, they find moments of stepping up and performing well. But as as, as a top four team we should be seeing that week in, week out. We don't see Pepe um, playing at high confidence often enough. 
I think if he if that transfer and that player came to another big club, there'd be so many questions of price paid versus output versus looking like uh, a player that you that is worth the value basically to put it that way. Um, and Angel De Maria came in for fifty five million pounds. He was heavily judged from the second. He he started playing three days after he signed out, uh, signed to Man United. And he was heavily judged from the first pass to the second pass to the third pass. I think if we judge everybody equally, then um, the players at certain clubs, we we would be saying very different remarks about them. So I think actually Arsenal have been protected. Their players, their signings, as of what we if if we had to, uh, I don't think they've been. <laughs> if we had to, if we had to stamp them as what we thinking signings. Um, Maybe a lot more fingers pointed at Arsenal, so I I, I I have the highest respect for the club. I don't like the squad. Yeah, Clef, I, I hear you. No, because I think, you know, it's very harsh on Pepe, you know, coming from League One to um, the Premier League and then still having the uncertainty of the structure at Arsenal, having three managers. I think it's very hard to perform at a high level if all of that's happening. Um, and I do feel, you know, you've. I think we've seen glimpses of what he can do. I do agree it was a very high price tag, um, but with that high price tag, obviously comes a certain amount of pressure. Uh, but at the same time, I think you can never judge a player so quickly. You need to give him more than a season. And I do feel, I mean, Arteta sees that. And at the same time, Arteta knows when he needs to play and when he doesn't need to play. So a game yeah. like Wolves where it was more of being compact and, you know, having structure in the team, not so much flair, but just, you know, having legs to run on uh, on the wings at the end of the day. I think he did that perfectly. And I think, yeah, Arteta is definitely going to get the best out of, like, all the players. I just think it's going to take time, obviously. And I think everyone just needs to be patient with all of that. Yeah. You've got also a lot of young, good English players. But where would you rank Saka in the mix of the upcoming generations of the Mason Greenwoods, the GOAT, uh, the Rack? Wow. <laughs> we can't have bias here, guys, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, for me, Brian... Uh, just going back to what we what we spoke about last week with regards to Arsenal, um, I must say there's one thing I, I left out last week that we didn't really touch on is Arsenal's development uh, side of the club because they are quite renowned uh, within the youth uh, within youth football, particularly um, with clubs with with players like Saka coming through Willock. Um, 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 the what's it with Emil Rowe, um, players that you know that that and 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 Arsenal have always been a competitor uh, with Chelsea at in, at youth level, particularly the youth cup finals. I know, like in, in one of the recent ones, it was Joe Willock, Saka versus the likes of Callum Hudson Odoi, uh, 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 Billy Gilmore, etc. So that's definitely a part of the club. That's a side of the club that that is 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 a positive for me. 
that something did I think I failed to mention last week. And I must give them credit to that uh, with uh, with that. But with with regards to their performance and, and Saka is, is, is obviously one of the shining lights of, of the academy now, particularly now with the new contract and then getting a goal as well in, in this within the same week. Um but with regards to the I don't wanna I don't wanna get too excited with Arsenal. Arsenal under Wenger had a great habit of picking up results when either no one really cares about them at that point or either when, you know, when they you know, to secure those top fours that uh, Wenger did so many times. But obviously last season they didn't do that for the first time in so many years where Emery failed in the last 10 games. It was horrible. I mean, going on to also do the cup final. Um, so... A European Cup final, nonetheless, something that he won back to back or three times, I think, with Sevilla. So, like, I'm not excited. I'm not gonna get too excited. I mean, they can beat Wolves. It's good that they beat Wolves. I mean, it's good for the top, obviously, the top four. So I appreciate that. Exactly, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But with regards, I mean, I mean, I hope you do the same with Leicester coming up, and that will really, then I can really keep uh, praise on you guys. But. Arsenal, man. For me, like I said last week, the problem is upstairs. Arteta, good young coach. I wish him the best, but the problem is upstairs. I hope, obviously, with what you saw with uh, Young, what he did on, on, on his live today uh, with the winking situation. So hopefully he can sign his contract and then that. things can be done. But I, I'm not going to get too excited, bro. But good luck. Good luck to Arteta. He's a young, good young coach. And uh, he can hopefully, maybe, you know, with the support. Like a Lampard uh, gets a chance, I hope you know he can turn the, the the ship around, so we don't have to have a Leicester, even though it's exciting. But I'm not, I don't want to have a Sheffield in a Leicester fighting for mm. Champions League. It doesn't give us, it doesn't give the Premier League uh, a good reputation out there. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Yeah, but okay. Before we close off on Arsenal, I just want to ask Tabby, um. What do you think will happen for the end of the season for Arsenal? Do you think you're going to get European football, Champions League football. I mean, you're a long way off the Champions League football. But um, what are your realistic hopes for Arsenal? I think looking at how the table is structuring, um, especially now with City um, as well for their ban, um, I think it's realistic to still aim for Europa at this stage. Um, but that's probably at the best that we could probably do. I mean, I think we're six points behind United and eight points behind Chelsea. And with like five games to go, it's quite a lot of points to make up in a very short space of time. So I do feel at best it can be Europa. Okay, well, I guess that settles that. I mean, I I can hear you want to say something. Um, Yeah, like, no, but that's what Arsenal is, has been becoming slowly these last couple of years whether it was first they were bragging about we we qualify for Champions League every season and now it's going um, backwards and backwards. So I, I hope that we can have like the original top six, top four back. Um, yeah, but... Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <nah>. <laughs> why not? Why not? Why not? What's wrong with that? I just want to say there... Um, I I think I think Arsenal's next three games are going to be beyond challenging to to touch Europa even. Um it's it's I think they've left themselves in a horrible position 
at this time um and especially i, I think this this project restart with with, with 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 coupling so many games per week squad depth and things i i worry for arsenal with respect I, but you know what it is what it is you know what i think we should chat again by end of the season i think these comments will come into play very handy yeah so i want to ask you a bit about yourself now um professional golfer um yeah but i just wanted to ask like how did you get into golf because i mean for me and probably for lita as well growing up i don't think golf was an accessible sport i don't think we had it at our school like it was mainly rugby and cricket um and i'm sure that's the same case for a lot of black kids growing up back then and less so now but i think still so how did you get into playing um golf uh well yeah like you're saying i mean as a black child uh i grew up playing football uh majority of my like childhood and into high school um but i just felt that with how the um the scouting system and trials um at certain clubs uh, in Gauteng, i think it was quite tough to make it coming from a very i don't want to say like a privileged environment but not coming from the township yeah. you know um i think it was tough at that time to get like chiefs and all that um and like pirates or um even like playing for arcadia uh back in the day uh it was quite tough to get into that um so i think my mom actually told me um why not try golf um and i was like playing golf like i had these clubs from macro <laughs> so um I, w- I wasn't really serious but um my dad actually uh for him being in corporate and all that um actually got me into playing golf so it was more of being influenced rather than it being like something that i was like oh, okay i haven't tried this let me try it so yeah i got into that went to a, an academy for golf um from grade 10 to 12 and yeah like did, did pretty well um got my provincial colors um under 18 and 23 and yeah just that's where golf started for me really cool um tabby i just want to also follow up on that obviously now um with this whole covid uh, situation yeah. all the sport was suspended for a long period of time but obviously uh in level three golf has uh, has been allowed to return even though it's still uh social golf and golf clubs have op- uh, um, golf courses have opened up what are you, how are you getting through all this uh, uh, that's happening now and what's happening in terms of, of the Sunshine of the sunshine Tour and whether it's going to resume anytime soon? Um, obviously, we're going to be in season now, I think. Um, so what would, what, what's happening now? Can you just give us an update on that? Um, yeah, so they're still speaking to various sponsors um, and in terms of logistics and how everything's going to work. Um, the Sunshine Tour and the Golf Federations are speaking to the government. Um, so there'll be more of a, there'll be a bit more clarity on everything that's going to happen for the future. Um, next week, actually, they did, they, they okay. said, yeah, that they'll announce next week. So um, what they actually did, so how the calendar works is that it starts mm-hmm. um, in April till the following year in March. Okay. So there's like a bit of a window from, april to about like end of august where there's not so many events so uh what they did which was quite clever is that since they had that time window where there weren't so many events they were able to 
push the events that have been missed from lockdown to hopefully getting played in August and onwards. Um, so I think, yeah, depending with how, I think it all depends on the levels, I guess, um, with what the government's going to do. Because mm-hmm. I think they're just also watching to see how it's been happening in America and Europe as well, yeah. in terms of no fans and the protocols that need to be put in place um, in terms of yeah. events every week and that. And then in terms of yourself, are you are you back on the on, on the course practicing, obviously, or are you yeah. obviously with, with all that's happening? Are you at home? What's happening? Yeah, yeah. So I, I've I've been practicing. So I think it's golf courses have been open for three weeks now. I think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been grafting. Uh, yeah, these past three weeks. Um, I mean, I bought myself a net for lockdown just to not lose the groove of like my swing and the technicalities that go into it. But obviously there's a huge difference hitting into the net compared to seeing your ball actually fly in the air. Um, so yeah, now it's, it's, it's been, I think it's a lot better just to be out of the house and going to practice your craft and get back into everything. But at the same time, there is a bit of uh, a motivational, how do I say, like a motivational factor towards it. Cause sure. you know, you, you can practice as hard as you want, but if there's no, let's say, tournament to work towards or a schedule, you know, it's really hard to keep that motivation at the end of the day. Yeah, awesome, awesome, man. All the best, man. All the best. Oh, thank you, Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> and um, some Cheers. of your, I mean, I'm not 100% sure of how the Sunshine Tour works, but what are some of your goals that you want to accomplish in the near future? Uh, so... I think for this year, the goal was obviously to win a Sunshine Tour event. Um, and that would also give me access to um, content, well, getting exemption into like major events such as SA Open and like the Alfred Dunhills that's hosted by Johan Rupert um, at Leopard Creek and all these big events. Um, and I think, in, I mean, you can still qualify for it at the end of the day, but it's a lot easier going into an event knowing that, you know, you don't have to worry about qualifying for it. Rather, you just get there uh, more well-prepped for the event um, at the end of the day. And obviously, yeah, it's my second year now. It was going to be my second year on Sunshine Tour. So the goal was um, to be more established in my own country before going to, let's say, Europe or Asia um, to qualify for playing rights that side. So, um, yeah, depending on the schedule, that can still happen. But, yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I would really like to see a South African black golfer, you know, be up there making strides in for the country. What are you saying? Moipi, yeah, no, I know you're a keen golfer as well. Like... Have you been training? Bro, if you stay ready, you know what I'm saying. Wow. Now, man, I, 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 I've, I've, um, unfortunately, work has been taking up my time. Uh, I, I've been wanting to, to try and get to the range. I think this week, it's getting a lot warmer, so I'm very excited to sneak out for a couple hours, play, uh, practice a bit, play some nine holes, get to 18 holes. But yeah, man, golf, man, we've been waiting for this for a long time. Um, such an amazing experience to just go outside and play, 
feel the breeze, smell the grass, everything. I just miss everything about it. Yeah. But um, I want to now touch on something that shocked the world. Two white boys who really um, surprisingly weren't too... I wasn't too shocked, like, um, kind of expected it from them too. But his statement read, I believe that what matters are facts and behaviors in our daily life rather than formal gestures that could be seen as controversial in some countries. Mm. I will not take the knee, but this does not mean at all that I'm less committed than others in the fight against racism. I just want to ask if you're committed to daily actions against fighting against racism doesn't that doesn't taking the knee in that is included in that action like i don't get the the huge stance of not taking the knee yeah big b where where he got me fucked up was where he said facts matter and not <laughs> what do you mean facts matter did yeah, he even I mean by that. like like i think i think I think the All Lives Matter movement, you'll find that 99% of them haven't read a single thing about what and why. Yeah, the what and why. (laughs) If you have the nerve to to have a public statement talking about facts, please, please read a single paragraph about something. That's where he's he's got it all fucked up for me. Can I I add to this, actually? Um... Because like I'm quite an avid uh, Formula One follower, um, and I do follow Charles Leclerc. Um, well, before he was saying all of that, um, and I think you know Lewis spoke about it when Formula One was quite quiet um, in the beginning when all these uh, killings mm. were happening, and yeah. Lewis was wondering where's the support you know from Formula One at the end of the day, because um, we all know you know it's owned by a very white capitalistic society. Um, so, you know, he was trying to, like, get support, you know, and then it actually took Lewis to say something before they actually reacted. And yeah. at the end of the day, it should never be like that because um, it actually just says a lot more that it has to take someone to tell you, listen, this, can you, are you not aware of what's happening in the world for you to start acting right? Being forced into action, yeah. Yeah, so um, when Lewis had said that, um, Charles Leclerc did come out and, you know, he said, you know, he he did he went to go and actually read up on information. Um, obviously, we don't know how true this is, but he did speak and say that. Um, yeah, he, he he spoke about how you know he's um, he's in support of Lewis fighting Black Lives Matter, and he's also you know part of the movement and all that. So at the time, he didn't even say All Lives Matter, which was you know because uh, a lot of people have been saying All Lives Matter, and like really, it's not about that. Um, yeah. So. Um, yeah, then I was quite surprised uh, this past weekend when, you know, he said those comments and then when, obviously, the picture where it was time for everyone to, you know, act in solidarity as a sport uh, for one cause, um, he refused to take the knee. Um, but then also what shocked me as well, so or what confused me rather, was that after the race, um, he came out with a shirt uh, that said, End Racism, um, where, mm. where they were on the podium. And it, and then, I mean, reading from what you just said now, his tweet saying, you know, talking about not believing in gestures and that. 
at the end of the day, that was a gesture. So I didn't. I think he just contradicted himself quite a lot. Mm. Mm-hmm. For me, for me, Brian, um, it's it, it's just not a good look for for F one, um, not at all. Particularly after being called out by um, by by Lewis Hamilton yes, and after the Black Lives Matter, it's 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 not a good look. And for me, to make what's gonna make matters worse is is that a young guy like Leclerc, who you think you know is gonna be the poster boy and should be or looks like he's gonna be the poster boy of the sport. And, and 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 someone that could possibly take over from Lewis Hamilton, him and the rest of those guys who decided not to kneel, it's 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 really it's it's not a good look. And I understand like the way in 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 discussions beforehand, the way they were still debating whether what they're gonna do and whether they're gonna do something, and then you could see clearly they were not in agreement with whatever discussions they had, and then it gets to this point and as 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 maybe, uh, as as Tommy put it, uh, moment to 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 sort of come together and show a, a united front after yeah. all that has been spoken about. And yeah. then still that moment, some of the guys felt. And for me, it comes back to, to one thing. There's this thing that like us as humans have as, as, as being anti-establishment, you know, being told, okay, guys, listen, this is uh, what we're going to do. This is what we're thinking of. Or this is what we expect from you guys. And then now it goes to the thing of, ah, I don't know. I don't feel, because I heard uh, Ricardo speaking about, you know, how certain, uh, some of those guys who didn't stand up felt that, you know, how it would look uh, back home in, in their respective countries. And then you ask yourself, but no, man, like, it, 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 this, is, this it, 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 it's a chance for the sport, the sport yeah. that you love, to, mm-hmm. to, to do something right. And you know it's right, because the thing is, the injustices that, uh, uh, black people and people of color have, have suffered. Everyone knows. You know something, even if it's a percentage. You can't tell me Leclerc, very girl, grew up in Monaco, cannot, did not know about the suffering of black people and and, and people of color. This is a moment to stand with someone that you, uh, 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 you call yourself a friend, someone you've ridden with since you guys were like uh, nine, ten years old in, in go karts and all those things. So it's it's really disappointing and it, it's probably going to put a strain in a lot of relationships within. Um, because it was it for me it's just like guys it's it's a moment this is a moment where you know we can show our fans because certain F1 fans are probably happy now because they're like yeah you see this Black Lives Matter movement it's unnecessary you know we don't need it it's all lives matter that's Le- that's what it, it, that this is what this helps it helps that side of the argument like yeah no we 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 right and for me it's just it's it's unnecessary man and it's 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 unbecoming. Lita, I just wanted to jump on that quick like um. Like 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 what Tabi was saying there, um, yeah. where Charles Leclerc would say that he supports Lewis Hamilton. Mm. I don't think Lewis Hamilton wants him to support. Just, yeah. he, he wants him to support black people in the black community. Exactly. I think it's easy to support. If Tiger Woods stands up for something, I'll support something to to to. I'll support something Tiger Woods stands for. Yeah, but um, not. Yeah, to make Tiger happy. Yeah. Rather than rather than for the for the actual cause, actual so, cause exactly. So was like fumbling on his own words. They're saying, "Yes, gesture, no this, yes that." It's it's just it's just um it's so disappointing. That's the best way I can put it. And for me, this is the opportunity for F one once again to to actually make proper changes. Uh, and and I know obviously it's very difficult the the kind of sport and then and the demographics of the sport and the people in charge. But it's the chance for them at least through grassroots level to start. That's what happened, Peter. 
I don't like I don't like the I don't like the idea that this is a difficult space to stand up for something. That's exactly yeah. to stand up for it. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is though, it's the, the people who unfortunately the generation, like are like watching you know the the, the Netflix uh, series on on F one, you can see the generation. Unfortunately, the people who are in charge. It's either generational wealth or it's, it's, it's guys who have become tycoons. And unfortunately, it's older generations, yeah. guys who existed and who yeah. made their money through different uh, times. And and now some of them are being actually educated and some of them, they, they, they are actually removing that ignorance that because a lot of, of, of the older generation have that ignorance in them. And unfortunately, it's been embedded for years. So th- some of them are actually starting now to discover. So I really hope that these discussions are having like they're having them at boardroom level and then it'll filter down. It'll take time for us to see like more Lewis Hamiltons out there in the world and, 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 and like for the opportunities to actually be there and also to see guys because yo, if you look at those te- technicians and the technical yeah, staff and yeah. it's also it's very, you know, so let's let's really I hope, you know, this is, is gonna spark a change, like it sparked a change in many other industries and and, and sports in the world. So Let's hope F1 and, and the people in charge take uh, take notes. I mean, they do they do very well in changing rules and, and modifications because every flipping year. Let's hope yeah. they can do something well with. I mean, F1. I'm sure it's gonna get I'm sure it's gonna get added to the new season of that Netflix special, uh, the F1 yeah. drop. Well, yeah. I hope it actually because the I attitude that you, you know, growing growing up, you didn't know you didn't actually realize the attitude that that exists behind the scenes. Like yeah. the team drivers, the the, the, the the team principal, it's crazy. Yeah, but Lila, I wanted <laughs> yeah. to ask you, because um, I know you work in media with young athletes, and I thought to myself, you know, locally with the Black Lives Matter movement, we obviously live in South Africa, and I laugh sometimes when I see a lot of white people post these stories on Instagram of, Oh, um, I now need to ed- educate myself on the struggle of the black man, and I think to myself, bro, you you live in South Africa, like if you don't know like the struggle that we go through every day, where have you been? Like, I just like it's just like, and I see it a lot because obviously we all went to sort of upper middle class schools, and these sort of people just i don't know if they want yeah. to remain ignorant or you know just don't didn't know but it's it's kind of ridiculous but how important is it for young athletes to be educated on matters globally cuz it's easy to to tell someone like michael jordan as well like i'm 19 I don't know anything about Black Lives Matter, so I'm not going to, you know, do anything. But do you think it's important for them to use their voice and to speak up about these matters? It's, Brian, uh, you know, I, I wish I could sit here and say it's very important and it's, 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 it's something that every young athlete and every uh, young uh, person should fight for and in, 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 in their workplace, in their sport. But sometimes, and unfortunately, in the in, in, in the industry, in the in the sporting world, it's all about opinion, and it's all about whose opinion matters most. So it's very like I, I'm not saying it is not important. It's very important to have that fight and spirit. But I've seen a lot of sort of youngsters where it's some of them it's 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 partly ignorance, right? From from the from the 
I'd say from the from the more privileged position, it's ignorant sometimes, but also from the uh, uh, unprivileged position, it's 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 literally sometimes a matter of you don't wanna not I don't wanna say burn bridges, but you know you wanna conform so you can do your so you can fulfill your potential because instead of not ruffle feathers, and 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 for me that's something that I've seen. So I would love to say it's 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 very important. It is it's vital in in terms of. Uh, um, um, forwarding our, our uh, advancing our people within the, the industry and in sport, but unfortunately the, the the wheel hasn't changed, hasn't turned fast enough for us for for youngsters now to be bold enough to 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 to, to stand up and 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 fight certain injustices. Sometimes and and that's why certain fans think these things don't exist because. A play, if a player speaks, like I remember now, there was a, a free state um, a cheaters player who spoke out after how he felt he was cheated, uh, treated at the, at, the, at the cheaters, and now he got a, a contract overseas. People felt that he's now burning bridges and, and trash talking the cheaters, the people that gave him this opportunity and created this pathway for him to be where he is now. But there's literally injustices and there's literally favoritism that exists within our sport. And unfortunately, in South Africa, sometimes it's based on racial. And and I would I, I I say sometimes just to be kind, but sometimes based on 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 race on on on, on race on, on race. So you have people now who then get you know ostracized for for speaking up. So it's very important for youngsters to speak up. I can't stress it enough. But the reality is some youngsters are very afraid, and it's something that we need to instill as young individuals within uh, the industry and sport and and guys who deal with these youngsters. It's very important to educate them and and, and tell them that they have a voice. And if they do it the right way and through the right channels, and while also uh, maintaining their level of whatever they're good at, uh, I always say, you know, if, if you take care of your, your sport and, and yourself and your performances, everything else, you then have a chance to look at and pay attention to properly. But it also starts with you also leading an exo- by example in, in everything that you do. Because you can't be swack and show bad attitude on the field and then you're going to lead good example and, and try and, and, and say a good message, but you are cuck and, you know, there's something untoward about you, you know what I mean? So you be a good role model on and off the field, uh, uh, and, but it also starts with your, with, your, with your skill. What are you good at? You're good at, at, at performing. So for me, like I, I, and it's very, like, I can't stress it enough, man. It's very important to, to stand up, uh, um, but it also is up to us, the people who are working. With these, um, these to jump in, then I'd like Moipi to also add on to this. But obviously, I've worked in some sort of sports spaces where you have a little bit of um, an imposter syndrome. And you and Tubby spoke about it with the engineers as well. And you know, when you get to your interview and you're there with your boy's eye accent and you, you, can't, you basically can't be yourself and you're so grateful for this opportunity that they're giving you. I'm like, I'm so, th- so thank you to be in the space working in a sport that I love that I will do anything. I'll work how many hours I'll come in seven days a week. And, um, it's a a thing that it's, you don't want to, as you say, you don't want to burn the bridge, um, you know, with your employees, but there comes a time where another, another guy from a demographic doesn't have to work that hard. I don't have to, work extra extra hard to prove that i'm good enough to be in this space because i am good enough to be in this space and i want to be myself in that space 
exactly and it's not taken away from you know i've learned a lot from you know white people in that space and it's not like they forced me to to do this you know this extra work but i had to i felt like i had to prove to them that um you know i'm good enough to be here and i'll do a great job if there's an opening for me do you feel the same working like with brands moipi mm. um yeah um i think even in the last um chat that we had with the youth with, in the brand community um the advertising industry is a white male dominated space and i think i would have imposter syndrome for two things of being new very new to the industry and the second mm-hmm. being uh, a young black person um there's always I, th- I think i think i think in like you said in the community we, we were growing up in uh, a, a new democratic south africa um these, these these corporates aren't um they aren't filled with people that look like us so immediately when you walk in the door receptionist someone you might not look like um person you you speak to might not look like you and you immediately feel like I'm under pressure to say the right thing before I even get uh, judged on my talents, my skills, my knowledge. Yeah, your credentials, everything. Yeah, um, I have to pass. I have to pass other tests before I get tested on 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 my knowledge and my skills. So that's definitely something that's still alive, and I think a lot of. I think, let me not say a lot. I think I th- I, th- I think a few corporates a few brands a few companies are actively trying to change this one of the things that i really love about where i work is there are so many women in power in in, in stronger positions and that, that that's one of the first things i noticed when i walked into some of these buildings and 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 it's something i'm sure took a couple of years to, to get in place and i hope it continues because women and black people equally are discriminated against and when i see the successes of of these women in charge i get so proud and i see that when given opportunity people get to finally they get a platform to finally prove what they can do and and to answer your question they i think there is and there will be um imposter syndrome from our side for a long time because these spaces won't change overnight um but i am happy and confident that it is changing whether quick or slow it is it is moving forward yeah. so i'm very i'm very yeah, happy I mean, with well it said but i want to also touch on as we mentioned setting uh, examples and jokovic definitely did not set a good one um and maybe Tavi can relate but i feel certain not certain but some athletes sort of live in their own bubble and lita brought this to my attention actually where you know they just you do your own thing he got he contact, contacted uh, coronavirus with his wife and i think the other players in the tournament also had covid and yeah he ended up yeah. sort of apologizing and throwing money at the situation like i'm so sorry he has 45,000 euros um to this town yeah shut up 
But do you think, um, do you guys think, wow. and in general, I think people not taking this seriously and we're seeing it now in our country where it's having a major, major effect on, on our people now. Um, so Lita, I'll start off with you. Um, would you agree that athletes, major athletes need to set a better example for everyone? Because these are people that regular citizens look up to. So if I see LeBron James out and about doing his thing, seeing his friends with the hook, I'm going to think, well, if he can do it, then I want to be like LeBron. I'm going to go see Moebi. I'm going to go see Lita. We're going to party it up, invite some girls over. Do you, do you agree with that? Uh, uh, definitely. Um, it's, it's something that uh, particularly COVID-19, uh, the pandemic has exposed. It is something that, you know, we've always adhered to, we've always, you know, uh, um, um, sort of brought up here and there, you know, when, when players are seen and, uh, on, on, on splashing crazy amounts uh, on, 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 on lavish things. Um, but then now, you know, obviously we treat them as role models and as youngsters and as, 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 as kids growing up, we look up to, to certain individuals. But for me, you know, the hype that we give athletes um, through particularly now social media um, has sort of given them this uh, 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 sort of um, sense of, you know, what, you know, oh, this, they're living in, in their own bubble uh, because literally they have, particularly the elite level uh, athletes, uh, they have the everything done for them. Um, they've got people to do certain things, whether it's family, whether the people they hire, they've got, you know, a large uh, amount of staff. So particularly with this Novak thing, you know, he, he's, he, Novak is obviously known as, as a, as an anti-vex, anti-vexer uh, uh, um, person in terms of, of he's got his ideals uh, towards uh, vaccines or vaccinations. So him firstly planning and going through with this tournament was 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 very bold and 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 sort of very responsible. But he, in his own words, said, you know, at that time the numbers were down in those areas. Um, I know they were in Croatia, Serbia, uh, uh, um, as well where the tournament was, was said to take place. So he, in those areas, he thought everything was going to be fine. And then what happens? Him, his wife, and four, uh, three other um, uh, world tennis players. I think world uh, number. 19 uh, got uh, also got a virus obviously yeah, world number one so yeah Dimitrov so it, 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 it it's crazy man and even with the footballers the them flouting lockdown rules uh, in, in England I mean it, it, it's crazy man because people think ah you know what it, this is, is not going to reach us we're not out in public so it's not going to reach us and unfortunately our kids are now seeing this and they're also starting to have thoughts or ideas. Ah, maybe this virus is not that serious. Until it hits home, man, people don't take this virus seriously. And and we've seen that now. Even in South Africa, uh, uh, PSL is trying to come back. But Kansas Chiefs, I think last week, reported four cases at the club. And uh, only, I think only Cape Town City are the only club that reported zero cases and returned to training uh, early in July. So it, it's crazy, man. This thing is, is serious. And sport is, it, is, is and athletes have responsibility you know, to, to, to act properly and also adhere to the lockdown rules like everyone else. You know, they tell us on these ads to stay at home and they're out there having haircuts and, and having yeah. parties at the house. Like, um, yeah, I want to <laughs> swerve this to Tabby because I spoke to Chanel Simmons um, earlier this year and she spoke about 
the pressures of being the number one tennis player in the country or whether she feels pressured. And she said, no, you know, um, I just do what I have to do. And um, the people that look up to me or as number one, it doesn't, it doesn't have an added pressure on me. Do you as a professional athlete um, feel pressure of people and in the future, black kids looking up to you, do you feel pressure to set a good example or are you just sort of living your normal life at the moment? Uh, good question. I think um, in the beginning when, you know, I'd have like kids run up to me and be like quite excited to see me, like it was a lot to take in at first. But I think once you start, um, like once that, once that happens, then, you know, I think then you're like, okay, so there's kids that look up to me. So I like, you should be setting a good example anyway. But um, I think when that happens, I think um, that, you know, yeah, kids, kids are looking, you know, to see, okay, he's doing this. So I need to be like this. So, I mean, like personally myself, like I used to tweet a lot, I used to post a lot of like nonsense and stuff. So, and then I, I, I've turned that down now because obviously I'm in the public eye a lot more and whatnot. And, you know, I need to act, uh, I need to act, you know, not just as an athlete, but like uh, professionally because I'm not representing just myself anymore. I'm representing the tour that I'm on and as well as like the name for black players um, in the golfing industry. So, yeah, it's very important to, I think, yeah, just to answer your question that, um, you know, there's no added pressure as well. I agree with what Shadal was saying about the whole thing, that I don't think there should be any added pressure. I think we're all aware of what's the right things to do. And I don't think you need to be at the top of your game to, you know, know that. And you don't need to be, even if you're starting off in the industry, like, you know, it's the right thing yeah. to do every time. And um, Moipi, do you have anything to add about, um, you know, the perception of, athletes living in their own bubble um the perception of people living in their own bubble and you know just a message for the audience or the listeners to you know remain vigilant and even though you're not necessarily affecting other people but by staying responsible and being indoors that mm. you're helping you know 60 to 50 million people in the country yeah. Yeah, 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 Brian. Um, what Tavi was saying, um, to, to to say off of that, like the question you're asking, I think people shouldn't, sportsmen and people in a public eye shouldn't undermine the um, the people that look up to them. Um, whether you have fifty followers, whether you have a thousand followers, if you can convince fifty people that. Um, this pandemic is not serious. You can affect a lot of lives. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have to be very responsible with your platform. You have to be very responsible with not just what you show, but what you do. Um, I think I think what you do is 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 more impactful. You can you you can, you you can be positive and encourage a message of guys. This 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 is gonna suck. We have to stay in our rooms for a couple hundred days. This is gonna suck, but. We're gonna save thousands, not not tens of lives, thousands of lives, and and people in in in, in positions of uh, professional sports, in positions of celebrity and and 
influential followings, um, you have to, even if you're convincing your sibling to not go to a house party, to not go visit their friend, um, we all have a, a role to play in. Like, like the, the, I think one of the best metaphors of all time, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Um, it's the small things that, 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 that make the big things matter. Oh. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so, like, that's all we have for today, really. But we'd like to thank Tavi for gracing us with his presence on this episode. Uh, it was a real pleasure and insightful having you with us on the Staff Podcast. Um, but before we finish, I want to ask you, gents, predictions for tonight's game. Tottenham, Everton, Angelotti has really turned things around for Everton. Mourinho looking to recover from shambolic performances. What do you guys think is going to happen? Yeah. I'm going for 1-1. One, one. Hmm. Um, I'd, I'd definitely... This is not easy, actually. Um, really? 2-1 Everton. Lisa hates Mourinho, so I'm not surprised. Mourinho changed Chelsea, bro. How could you hate him? I don't hate him. Hate is, is a strong word, but I he's not he's not on my Christmas list, that's for sure. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean to a two 0 and Charlotte Everton. I think uh, Mourinho shook and he's gonna shake Harry Kane, Deli Ali, and they're gonna come with a one 0 win tonight. Shoot out.